podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Burnley game this coming Saturday at Anfield. Joining me once again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on Twitter at the Cop HQ. Regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you, Jay? Yeah, not too bad. You know, it was just nice, wasn't it, to get another victory against Brighton and you know, it's we're going for this record points total now, aren't we? And to be honest, I'd be happy getting a hundred points, hundred and one points or whatever. But you know, if we can get a hundred and four and get the maximum we can get now, then you know, it'd be a good end to the season. But some of these games that we're coming up against now, you know, the a few teams that are fighting for certain things, aren't they? So I'm expecting them to be quite tough as well. But you know, let's see if we can get another three points on Saturday. Yeah, and we'll start back with a, a little review of the, the Brighton game from from Wednesday evening. We come away with a with a three one victory, made a really quick start, and we got got into a, a two goal lead. I think it was within seven or eight minutes. Absolutely flying and looked like it could have ended up being a cricket score, but then Brighton sort of came back into the game, didn't he? And we had a little bit of defending to do, and and at the end of the game, our, our control took over and. Most Salah scored with a second goal, should have got a hat-trick, really. But um, just give us a little recap and, and, and your thoughts of the, about the Brighton game, please, Jay. Yeah, you're quite right. We started really quickly, didn't we? And punished Brighton, really, for the mistakes that they made. And a bit foolish, weren't they, really, trying to bring the ball out of defence. And you try and play football into this Liverpool team and you take risks, then you know, you're going to get hurt, aren't you? And that's exactly what happened to them. And Liverpool were 2-0 up early on. I mean, you know, terrible errors, really. Um, the first one was in midfield, and then obviously the second one was Webster, I think it was, the centre-half. And, you know, Liverpool are, are clinical, aren't they, at times? And that's how we started the game. I mean, you know, Naby Keita, another assist. It looked like it was going to Bobby Firmino, to be honest. And he seemed to sort of, like, leave it, like, dummy it, really. And Mo Salah dispatched it, and then... Not long after that, uh, Jordan Henderson, the captain, made it 2-0. Um, you know, as I say, just just really sloppy at the back, Brighton. And sort of like I said before the game, I thought it could have been quite close. And, you know, you, they were still fighting for their lives a little bit, albeit they had a bit of a cushion. But it did seem like the start of the game, they had the flip-flops on a little bit, you know what I mean? And you know, Liverpool really did punish them and 2-0 up and... You know, quite right in what you're saying. You're thinking, oh, this could be an absolute cricket score here. And, 
you know, Liverpool are just sort of it, it, it's mad, isn't it? When you when you watch Liverpool, like they, they just it's a, it's weird because every time we go forward, you just you just anticipate goals, 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 and you know, obviously to be two 0 up so early on, it, it's rare that Liverpool are up so so early on in games, though. So when you're two 0 up within ten minutes, you start thinking of like big score lines, but you know that wasn't to be the case at all. And Brighton sort of like got more of a foothold in the game. And to be fair to them, the 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 course was a lot of problems after that. I thought, I mean, you know, they did have quite a few openings really, and. Certainly, obviously, they scored the goal just before half time, and they deserved it. To be honest with you, it was certainly coming. There were plenty of opportunities. Alisson made a couple of good saves, and I thought um, Nico Williams was a surprise inclusion, wasn't he at left back? And you know, if you look at the starting lineup as well, Sadio Mane I was really surprised that he sat out the game. But you know, if you look back to the Aston Villa game, the same happened with Roberto Firmino. So, so obviously he's been mixing it up a little bit. He got the start in the against Aston Villa, and and Oxley Chamberlain got the start in a more advanced role in the game against Brighton. And you know he, he has just mixed it up a little bit. And and obviously Nico Williams did play at left back, and it was a surprise because he's a right back. He's a young lad, and you know if you were going to give him some game time, you would have imagined it would have been in in his rightful position, which is right full back, not left full back. And he started quite well, didn't he? You know, he, you can see he's an attacking full back, whether it be on the right or left. And he tried to get down the line quite a bit, but he had the tendency to cut back in, didn't he, on his right foot? And again, you know, it's no good in my opinion because we've seen it. It was very evident in the game against Everton in the first game back when Robertson was out injured for that game and James Milner had to play there and got injured in the first half. And then obviously Joe Gomez came off the bench to play there. And it's just, you need the balance to your team. And it's no good having a right a right-footed player playing at left-back. The, the balance is not right and he, he just kept on checking in on, on his right-hand side and, you know, he's obviously going to be a player, there's no doubt about that, but I don't think he's going to be a left-back and I wouldn't be too keen on um, next season if if Andy Robertson got a long-term injury for a couple of months to rely on, on Nico Williams playing left-back, to tell you the truth. Um, I don't think the experiment went great um, towards the end of the first half. He ended up picking up a booking and got roasted a few times as well. And, you know, listen, the lad's a right-back, he's not a left-back and he got hooked at half-time and he was on a yellow card. So, you know, obviously he didn't want to take any risks. Jürgen Klopp, he ended up bringing Andy Robertson on and you know, maybe a little bit hard, seemed a bit harsh on Nico Williams, but you know, like I say, he's a right back, not a left back, and I don't really want to be seeing him at left back uh, many more times as as uh, we go into next season. But you know, as I say, the second half, Liverpool. Pretty much similar to the first, I thought. You know, Brighton did cause a few problems, but Liverpool, as you say, our quality shone through really, and Mo Salah made it three uh, with, a, with a glance and header from a corner. And you're quite right again. He should have made it. He should have made it a hat trick really at the very end, sort of like the last kick of the game, or shall I say, the last head of the game. He, he, he you know, obviously it was right in the centre of the goal, and he ended it over the bar somehow. So he'd be kicking himself there that he never got a hat trick, and he's chasing down Jamie Vardy for the golden boot. He's gone for the hat trick, isn't he, this season? And he's, I think, is he three goals behind him now? So. 
he'd be kicking himself that he missed that header to get a hat-trick, but also to close the gap. I think Aubameyang's on 20 as well, so he's one behind him. So, yeah, he'll be a bit frustrated, Mo, but as I say, he got two goals on the night. He was he was very good, and, you know, Brighton did have that chance, didn't he, when it was 2-1 to make it 2 all. I think it was Dan Byrne. He just completely missed it when the goal had his mercy, really. Um, Alisson made another good save as well in the second half, but like I say, this, this is when you watch this Liverpool team now, it's the intensity levels are not quite the same because they don't have to be. It's it's more about going out and enjoying themselves and expressing themselves. And, you know, it's just a game of football, isn't it? Yeah, we, of course, we want to win and we've got targets still, but the main objective was to win the title and that's exactly what Liverpool have done. So you can't really blame them if they do have a little bit of a dip in form, but... It's still nice to get a couple of victories under our belts again after you know the hammering that we took against Man City at the Etihad. But like I say, moving forward now, I've got four games to go, and it would be nice to get the record points tally. And you know, let's see, let's see how it goes on Saturday against Burnley. Yeah, and you mentioned there, Jay, about the the debut of of Nico Williams. So in the squad now, you've got three players. We've all been at the academy since six years of age. Williams, Trent, and uh, Curtis Jones. Um, so obviously, it shows now, doesn't it, that there is a pathway for the for these young players who, to the first team squad and, and into the first team eleven, if you like. So it's not always been the case, has it, under under previous managers, the likes of Julian Benitez. Sorry, they sort of brought their own youngsters through and brought foreign lads in which would sort of stem the flow of the of the local boys coming through if you like so um how important do you think this is now that the this this pathway seems to be there for for young players from the academy coming through into the first team yeah i think the the, the main example of that is Trent alexander arnold isn't it because obviously a couple of years ago nathaniel klein used to be the right back and Certainly when Jürgen Klopp first came to the football club and basically Trent got his opportunity and he's never looked back as he's been to two European Cup finals and he's just won the Premier League title as well and he is the, the main man to look up to now for these young kids coming through and Curtis Jones, another Scouse kid, who's just signed a new deal, scored against Villa the other day. You know, he's got opportunities, had chances this season. Of course, you know, Harvey Elliott was signed, wasn't he, from, from Fulham, but... You know, again, he's only a really young boy, 17. He's going to have a massive future as well at the club and he signs a new deal. And of course, yeah, you know, Nico Williams, as, as I said before, I don't want to go on too much about his performance against Brighton because I just think, you know, it's hard to judge him because he's playing out of position and he did struggle a little bit at times. And at the end of the day, he's not a left-back, he's a right-back. So, you know, if you're going to play him, play him in his correct position. So hopefully moving forward now, when he does get his opportunities, he'll will be at right back but it's going to be tough for the lad because we've just spoken there about Trent Alexander-Arnold and you know he's probably the best right back in world football at this moment in time so the pathway for Nico Williams is really tough so whether or not maybe he could play centre-half even be the fourth three centre-half who knows he's an ear young boy he's got time on his side to develop but some people have said that Trent could move into midfield as well when he gets a little bit older so it's one to keep an eye on isn't it I mean it's clear as day that Nico Williams has obviously got a future at the club. It's just I wouldn't really want to see him very often. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? 
it's uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Last bus. No, but um, like you say, it was a little bit of a, a square, pe- uh, square peg in a round hole, wasn't it? And he didn't look comfortable on that side, always cutting in on his on his right foot. So, yeah, his, his natural position's on the right-hand side. But just one other thing um, before we move on to the Burnley game, Jay, we, just before we came on, we, we spoke about the, the contract situation of Jeannie Wijnaldum. Obviously, I think he's coming down to, to the last 12 months, is it, and... If if it comes to January, is he able to sign a pre-contact with a with another club? So, is it a surprise to you that this this contract's taken so long? And and should we be worried about the the length of time this that it's taken? Yeah, it it is a little bit of a surprise to me because the the new contract offer has been on the table for quite a while now, and I just think it's a strange situation because. He seems really close to Virgil van Dijk and, you know, obviously Dutch compatriots go away on international duty together and he's also in that cluster, isn't he, of like the the the, the colonels, if you like, the sergeants of the, of the group of players, the way Klopp, who he likes to trust in, in certain players and obviously you've got the captain, Jordan Henderson, you've got the vice-captain, James Milner, Virgil van Dijk's one of them as well and also Jeannie Wijnaldum's an important role model as well in this group of players in this squad. So it's a, it's a strange situation really that he, he hasn't signed the deal yet and obviously there's been all the talk of interest in in them from Italian clubs into Milan are meant to be keen on them, they? Their, their names being mentioned and a few other Italian teams as well. So I don't know. It's a strange one because he's, he's getting towards the age of 30 now, isn't he? So maybe it's his last payday and maybe he feels that he wants to try something new in a different country, in a different league. But it will be a little bit of a blow if, if he did leave. I mean, I know he's not everyone's favourite, but I think he's an important player for Liverpool. And yeah, there's been all that talk in the past, hasn't he, where he's better at Anfield than he is in, the, in away games. And yeah, I do get that because sometimes he can be anonymous in games, which is weird, but then other games he'll be absolutely outstanding and be man of the match and... You know, I call him Big Game Genie because, you know, if you look back to his career at Liverpool over the last few years, I mean, he scored some important goals for us. None more important, really, than than the goal that got us, the first goal that set the ball rolling in the game against Middlesbrough to get us back into the Champions League a few seasons ago. And, you know, that was the catal- one of the catalysts for me. Um you know, he, he scored the first goal in that game. He scored a goal against Man City once, I remember, on New Year's Day when we beat them 1-0. He scored a header. Then, obviously, he scored the two goals in, in the semi-final, didn't he, against Barcelona um, when we won the European Cup last year. So, you know, he, to me, I think he, he's, he is, a, I call him, as I say, big game genius. I think he, he is a very good player and very underestimated, really, by quite a lot of our fan base. But, 
I just think it's a strange situation, really. You would have thought he'd have signed a deal by now, and if this lingers on, you know, you've got to look at it and think, well, we're approaching the summertime now, one year left, what do you do? Do you, do you sell him for the cup price deal to make sure you get a little bit of money for him, or do you just let him see out his contract and basically, you know, it's it's another 12 months and he'd be going on a free, pretty similar to what Emre Chan done, where he left on a free as well, but the difference between them two was Emre Chan's obviously it was, was younger than Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum was obviously approaching 30, so it, it is a strange situation, and you know, the vibes were that he was going to sign, but who knows? I mean, maybe his head's been turned a little bit and maybe he thinks he's going to be able to get a little bit more money elsewhere. But it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Spot on. Cheers, Jay. OK, just moving on then to the to the fixture on Saturday against Burnley, a team that's... Um, been a little bit hot and cold, haven't he? But they're safe from relegation, so shouldn't be too much of um, too much exposure for themselves. They're not going to put too much um, effort into it. I, I believe in this game, it's probably going to treat it sort of like a as they're on the beach type of thing in the in the season game. But obviously Liverpool still still going for the, this this points total. So um, and look like they they've no sign of letting up. Still wanting to go. A, Apart from the Manchester City game, like you've mentioned, they've still been going at teams like like they have done before they, they had the title sewn up. So just give us your thoughts ahead of the, the Burnley game. And obviously with Henderson now being out for the, the rest of the season, give us your thoughts on, on a potential lineup as well, please, Jay. Yeah, you, you, you could look at Burnley and think they'd be on the beach in the flip-flops, but I just look at them and think the manager, Sean Dyche, will always, they'll always be committed, they'll always be professional, they'll always be, you know, up for any game of football, really, and I just think it's, it's one of them games where you'll always associate Burnley as being sort of a physical side and, you know, bombard you with set pieces, free kicks, corners, what have you. Um, I, I don't know. They've got they've got a few injuries. I mean, uh, Ben Mee's injured, isn't he? The captain, and, and he's probably the best defender. I know people say about Tarkowski, but I think Ben Mee is the best defender, and I think Dice knows that as well because he's made he, you know he obviously made him captain of the team, and you know they don't they're a weird team because if you if you think back to I mean they got a hiding didn't they recently of Manchester City, but they seem to get a hiding of them all the time and if you look at Liverpool Liverpool have put three past them quite often recently as well I think we got four actually at Anfield against them last season and won 4-2 yeah so uh, you know they do ship goals when they do ship them they, they obviously fours and fives but then you also look at the golden glove and Nick Pope's up there isn't he he's, he's top with, with Alisson for the golden glove in fact I think he might be one ahead of, of Alisson now so you know obviously they, they must have kept a lot of clean sheets this season as well, so they can be well drilled. So they're a, they're a strange team because, as I said, they either get four or five put past them or they'll keep a clean sheet. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. You don't really know what you're going to get defensively from them, but you do know that you are going to get a good, honest performance from them, not purely because of the manager. So they'll be up for it. They'll be committed and... You know, they've got options. I think Barnes is out injured as well. He's always a handful. But Jay Rodriguez has been given his opportunity and he's been scoring goals for them. I mean, he's got a winning goal against West Ham in midweek. So there's another reason as well. You look and say they're a mid-table team going nowhere. They're not getting relegated. They're not going to get into Europe. 
middle of the road team but at the end of the day they went to West Ham who were fighting for their lives in midweek and, and beat them 1-0 so that just shows you the type of team that they are so they're really unpredictable really to to play to play against in that in that sense um, so you know Liverpool at home you fancy them to beat anybody and, and obviously we have got that record to go for and you know, you would expect Liverpool to have too much for Burnley, especially as I said, with Ben Mee being out injured, who's the who's the best defender that they've got at the club as well. So it it will be interesting the team news though, because they're quite combative, aren't they? And James Milner's back now. So Jordan Henderson's out the team. So it'd be interesting to see if James Milner gets a start. But I mean, I think Fabinho's gonna start the game. I think when will probably start the game. So it would be really harsh if Naby Keita was to miss out. So, to me, I, I think, really, it would probably be Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Keita in the middle. But it, there is a shout, certainly is a shout for James Milne to start the game. Um, and it could be at the expense of Wijnaldum, to tell you the truth, especially with all these doubts over his new contract. So, it's one to keep an eye on. If you look at defensively, though, it'll be Robertson will start at left-back, Trent right-back and centre-half pair, and it'll be Van Dijk and Joe Gomez and I seen uh, Jürgen Klopp said today that uh, Dejan Lovren's available. Well, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't start the game because we all know what he's like. He's just an accident waiting to happen, isn't he? So hopefully it'll be Joe yeah. Gomez and Virgil, Virgil van Dijk centre-half. And then again up front, I mean, you mentioned it to me before we came onto the podcast about there's been a few little rumblings about maybe um, Mo Salah might not even start this game now I'd be very surprised to tell you the truth because you know what you've got to consider with Mo Salah he's gone for the golden boot as I said before so I'd be very surprised if he didn't start but then you know you look back to the game against Brighton and Manning sat that game out he only came off the bench the game before that Aston Villa for me you know sat that game out only came off the bench so you know there is the, the potential for it but I'd be very surprised I think it'll be the normal you know, front three of Mane, Firmino and Salah for this game and you know, there's no reason why not. It's a game at Anfield, just go and express yourself and, and go and enjoy a game of football and hopefully get three points. Yeah, so just one or two potential um, areas where Klopp might, might make changes, like you say, Williams will probably drop out, won't he? And Robertson will come back in and then it's whoever places Henderson which will probably be Genie Wijnaldum come, come in like for like but there's also the possibility of Milner isn't it so yeah it's it's an interesting one to see how Jürgen Klopp goes with the, the lineup tomorrow okay then Jay as we do every week we do our score predictions don't we and like we've said on the, the previous couple of podcasts when and, uh, we're doing the score predictions it's it's very difficult to to do it now isn't it with, with the no crowd and the lack of atmosphere and and all that sort of thing thrown into the mix so um just give us your thoughts on a on a score prediction against burnley please jay well yeah i mean if you look at the, like me brighton prediction i, I thought it'd be close and i thought we'd keep it clean sheets because obviously allison wants the golden glove again and I, and I do think we'll get another clean sheet in this game. I do. I think uh, I'd be disappointed not to keep one in midweek against Brighton, but I do think against Burnley we will keep one. Um, it's just how many that we score. And it's it's tough, isn't it? As, as I keep saying, it's hard to put your finger on. Uh, you know, I know it's only a prediction, but it's difficult to gauge because of the intensity levels and 
you know, it, the, the, the title's won, isn't it? So it's how much you can be up for the game and not everyone will be. I mean, I know they're professionals and they've got records to go for still, but it's not that straightforward. It's not that easy to show the same kind of intensity levels. You, can, you, you can't expect it from anyone because, you know, the, the ultimate goal is being achieved now. Um, but like I say, you'd have to fancy Liverpool to put a, a few past them because the thing with, with Burnley, when they come up against good sides and especially good attacking sides, they tend to ship goals and let's hope that's the case on Saturday. So I'll go for a 3-0 Liverpool win. 3-0 scoreline prediction for Jay there. Yeah, just my own thoughts on a on a scoreline prediction. And with Jay on the fact that I think that they'll they'll keep a clean sheet. Like he says, going for the golden glove, Alisson. And the defence looked like they was really up for it against Brighton. And so we, they did concede that goal. They was throwing themselves in front of the ball. There was challenges going in. And they looked really eager to keep a, a clean sheet. So, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Burnley not to score. Um, and I think, yeah, Liverpool will score a few goals in this game. Like he says, Salah's going for the golden boot. Fancy to get him to get on the score sheet again tomorrow. And Hamfield, Hamfield, sorry, home advantage in a game where Liverpool can, again, like I said, against Brighton, where there's, there's no pressure on them. They can go out, they can express themselves, they can try one or two different things. They can risk a few passes here and there um, without anything to, to lose, really. So I'm going to go with a 4 0. Victory for Liverpool in this game. I'm going to go with the extra goal um, than what Jay's gone for. So a 4-0 prediction for myself in the Liverpool-Burnley game this coming weekend. Right, OK then, before we go, just got to say big thanks to the LFC Day Tippers for the editing of all our podcasts. Gav, Phil, Keith, all the guys over there doing some uh, good work. Um, also, don't forget to keep up to date with the, the No More Knives campaign. Paul Bentley, Lee Butler, all the people in the, the city centre of Liverpool and surrounding areas doing some some work with all the, the youngsters and keeping them off the streets by doing different things and lots of fundraising events going on. So, yeah, hashtag no more knives. Keep your eye on, on that and give them a follow and uh, all the support you can for us, please. So, yeah, that's our Liverpool versus Burnley podcast all done. And uh, Jay, just remind me once again who's our next fixture. After after Burnley, we've got an away trip to the Emirates to face Arsenal. We've got Arsenal on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's right. These fixtures are coming around that thick and fast, and uh, I'm not keeping up to speed with them at the minute. So yeah, we'll but hopefully we'll be back with um, with an Arsenal preview for you um, next week. So thanks everybody for for listening and uh, don't forget to leave your feedback. We always always read the comments that you leave us on Twitter and things like that and they're always much appreciated. So yeah, thanks everybody again for listening and and, uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. 
wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and More. Sports Social Podcast Network.